0: Welcome to HBF and uh, welcome to our evening uh, service and our prayer time. Uh, You should have, if you're a member of HBF, uh, received an email earlier this week on Wednesday evening with the prayer list and the details of the prayer agenda, so to speak, for this week. So uh, again, I encourage the families to grab those up and make sure you pray uh, over the needs of the church. And we'll have a a small, very small prayer meeting here uh, with a, a few of us that are here today after we're done and I can assure you as well the pastors uh, just had a meeting at 4:30, and we've prayed as well for you and uh, and so uh, you know in this time of virtual communication we got a hotline to the throne of God so it's important that we uh, continue in prayer I appreciate everybody that's uh, tuning in we've had a lot of uh, people both within HBF and and uh, and then uh, others that are maybe not you know members, maybe your relatives or uh, connections with other people in the congregation, so we're glad that you're joining us as well. If you were here uh, and looking at the congregation, so to speak, it's multiplied from our first go-around of uh, faces because we've added the regular attenders as well, and uh, we don't have the, the even the high school and junior high kids. I think if we put the junior high kids and high school kids, we'd probably almost... Fill up this place, so it's really it's really been good for me just to see really how many uh, people are members uh, and regular attenders of HBF, and so uh, that in itself is encouraging. I know some of the classes have even grown uh, through this season uh, because we're always so busy in ministry. People working in the children's ministry or doing different things in various ministries throughout the course of a normal uh, Sunday morning, Uh, uh, since everybody's at home. And logging in to their ABFs, their Adult Bible Fellowships, uh, during the, the nine o'clock hour. Some of those have even grown in number, so that's exciting as well. Uh, if you have a Bible, we're just going to spend a little time tonight in the Word of God, and uh, and then we're going to uh, I'll go off air, and we will continue in prayer. I want to again just kind of encourage you uh, to, uh, in what Ron said, if you have a need or want to know more about uh, how you can know the Lord, or, or you need something. Maybe in a, some prayer, some encouragement. You can contact us at contact at hbfcast dot org, and you can call us. Um, we don't have anyone manning the line right now. That would be a good. Actually, I will have someone manning the line um, next Sunday night. We're we're not going to have the service, but when we come back on the week after, I will have someone. I do have someone manning the line. So, uh, if you need to call us three eight zero three zero three three, and Pastor Jim Boyette has got the phone in hand and he is manning. Uh, the line right now if you have a need. And so we're glad that you can join us. So we've been in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, um, and this is kind of a sermon series, uh, the evidence of an open life. uh, And we're looking at verses 15 through 24. The Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 in the text, in verse 15, it says, uh, the apostle Paul writing, I beseech you, brethren, Ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Uh, Addiction is a big thing around HBF. We want to be addicted to the ministry, so we're not addicted to something else that we shouldn't be. Verse sixteen says that ye submit yourselves unto such, and to every one that helpeth us with uh, helpeth us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and uh, uh, Achaicus. Uh, For that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. And then he goes on to say, For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, uh, 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 acknowledging them that are such, the churches of Asia salute you, Aquila and Priscilla salute you, much in the Lord, with the church that is in their house. As many of you are in your house tonight, you're like Aquila and Priscilla. All the brethren, greet you, greet one another with a holy kiss. The salutation of me, Paul, with mine own hand. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. Uh, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time of song. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church uh, that's even now gathering. Lord, as they open up their emails, and they look at the announcements or the the invitations to the service tonight. I pray, God, you just encourage your body. We thank you and praise you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I did send out an email, if you're a member of HBF, uh, with a link to the outline. I, am, I sent you to last week's message, uh, because that is where the outline is um, for this week's message. And so if you're looking for that, you can find it there. It's very simple. And uh, by way of review, I will encourage you, we're looking at three aspects of this need to Uh, to have, or the evidence, I should say, of an open life. Um, Last week we talked about uh, the open heart, or not last week, two weeks ago, we talked about the open heart, the open doors, and the open lives. And so now we're looking at the evidence. Paul concludes this epistle really with some shining examples of what Christians ought to be. And last week we started... Just looking at that and examining, it starts with a, with a submissive attitude. The evidence of an open life, a life that's usable for God, is, is something that's going to be manifest with a submissive attitude. And so we saw uh, that attitude is everything. We saw that uh, we should be selective with our submission. So Paul doesn't just say submit to everybody. He says, hey, get these examples, uh, specifically um, Stephanus and Fortunatus. Those are the people that you want to submit to. Uh, these guys are examples. We also mentioned Timothy from verse 10. Timotheus uh, was an example that Paul could recommend to the church. And so we saw that, uh, you know, <clears throat> Paul qualifies those who uh, should be submitted to and that we shouldn't just follow anybody, but uh, we don't follow those who don't follow the apostles doctrine. We don't submit to those uh, who are outside the family of God in, in regard to um, anyone that would be uh, unfruitful or, or someone who would hinder fruit. We submit to those who are examples and those who are addicted to the ministry. So we talked about all that last week. We saw how you become uh, an addict of the ministry, and that's a really important aspect because it starts in the, it starts really with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ to free you from the bondage of sin. And then we talked about how we need to, to daily um, you know, engage in God's word and and get engaged in the work of ministry and take that next right step you know one of the next right steps for many is is baptism maybe you're born again but you've never been scripturally baptized one of the things that's a bummer we baptize every second sunday uh, of the month that'd be coming up next this coming will be coming this coming sunday easter sunday what a great and glorious day that would be uh to be baptized and celebrate the resurrection and so uh you know, I could probably make that essential work if somebody needs to be baptized. But, uh, uh, man, what a great thing that would be. Uh, and so right now during this time, we, we haven't had a baptism service. So what a bummer uh, that is. But at any rate, uh, we need to do those next right steps that God has called us to. So tonight, I want to focus on the need to surround yourselves with sincere saints. And right now, it's kind of hard, right, because everything is virtual. But you know what? We can still do that. We can use technology to do that. And so let's look at verse 17 again. It says, Paul says, I'm glad at the coming of Stephanus, and Fortunatus and um, Achaikis, uh, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. <clears throat> now, that's kind of a, a kind of a back, it's, I, would, I wouldn't want to say a slam, but definitely not a complete encouragement to the church at Corinth because there were some things that were lacking on their part. But Paul is pointing out there were those uh, that did supply. And so open lives require honest communication. Paul's being very honest and transparent. He didn't hold back. He said, you know, I was lacking some things, but I'm so thankful these gentlemen came because they they brought a supply uh, to me. So Paul said he was glad because he because the communication that Stephanus and Fortunatus and uh, Achaicus uh, brought was able to bring him up to speed with the condition of the church at Corinth. He was able to kind of know their status. And I just sat in the pastor meeting that we just had and and I was just listening intently because I can't, I get more communication, you know, coming my way when I'm in in the church on a Sunday and people are buzzing around the building and I get more uh, direct connects with folks telling me what's going on. Of course, I stand at the door and get to greet and meet and all those kind of things. So now I'm like scanning Facebook and And listen very intently. And I was just telling our pastors, I said, guys, you're like the nervous system. Uh, The pastors and the deacons are like the nervous system of our church. Um, And so uh, when something's going on, please make sure I'm abreast of it, if at all possible. Why? Because, uh, especially as a pastor, you know, Paul wanted to get some communication. He wanted to know what was going on with the church. And Paul, uh, you know, was like, well, kind of like all of us, kind of stuck in his house, house arrest. (laughs) And so. Um, and so at this time, he, 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 he wasn't there at this time when he wrote this epistle, but he would be eventually. Eventually, he would be in a situation where he would have to rely on others to communicate. Now, <clears throat> I want to make this point clear as well regarding this, that this is not gossip. Paul was the shepherd and needed an honest assessment of where the flock was. Uh, you know, public discord, um, incest and the like are not things which a church can afford uh, to sweep under the rug and that's exactly what was going on at the church of Corinth. there were some very uh disturbing things happening in the church you know a lot of people uh tell you you know the people at church are hypocrites and they're just like everybody else you know that that really should not be the case in many respects the goal is not for us to to stay carnal but the reality is when we get saved uh, when you're a new christian paul says it in first corinthians uh chapter three that we're like babes in christ we're carnal right and uh he says, I can't speak as, uh, to you under as unto mature, but carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And so certainly if a church is doing a good job of winning people to Christ and sharing the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to have babies. They're going to be doing this a lot. But the babies are like, you know, they're like uh, 15 years old. They're 17 years old. They're 25 years old. They're 20 years old. They're 30 years old. They're 40 years old. They're 50 years old. They're 60 years old. We got 60 plus year old babies. Praise God. In our congregation, people that come to Christ and are just learning the first things of Christ. So uh, with that comes, well, carnality, because babes are carnal. It takes time, um, you know, for God to uh, dwell in them richly in all wisdom so that they know how to properly handle the Word of God and then allow God to control them as they learn to walk in the Spirit. And, you know, a baby can't walk. They crawl initially. Well, they, first you want them to roll over, and they eat, right? That's And they fill their diapers. So that's what babies do. They make messes. And so when someone is cynical, of the church, and they're like, oh, they're all just like the rest of us, that's not always a bad thing. There should always be people in the church that are struggling with carnality because they just got saved, and they're young in the Lord. But conversely, there should also be maturity. There should be a, a Timotheus. There should be a, a, a House of Stephanus. There should be a Fortunatus, <coughs> this, a Cacus. There should be these individuals that have matured, that have grown, as we talked about last week, that you can be encouraged by. And so when Paul is is uh, getting information, so to speak, from uh, these these faithful folks that have encouraged him, he's also getting the download on some of the bad things that have happened in the church that just cannot be swept under the rug. Things like coming together and not honoring the Lord at the Lord's supper. Paul's like that is a big deal, you know. Things like coming together and 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 everybody one upping each other in in the gift of of speaking in other languages, right? The gift of tongues and not even caring about the actual message or the parameters in which God would apply. They just want to say something to the air. And Paul's like, time out. That's not even, that doesn't have any merit. That didn't, that's not even, that's, that's worthless. Don't even do that. Only speak if people understand what you're saying. So if you don't have interpreters, then don't speak, right? It's better to, I'd rather have a few words in my understanding than, than all kinds of words that no one can understand. What's the point? And so, and ironically, today, there's people that take that verse out of context and twist it. They don't actually understand it in its proper context, (coughs) and then they do the same thing even today. It's kind of funny how things repeat themselves. So Paul was hearing all of these things, and he's like, man, that's not good. But you know what was good? There were some really good people in that church. And God really encouraged him with those folks that came, and they encouraged him. And then he, of course, wrote this epistle to help straighten those things out that were going on. So we need to make sure that, we, uh, that we're in open communication. Open lives require honest communication. Also, open lives, you know, we need to surround ourselves with sincere saints. And when we surround ourselves with saints who refresh our spirit, you know what, we're going we're gonna to be refreshed. So we need to surround ourselves with saints who refresh our spirit and others. Now notice in verse 18, he says, "...for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such." So, the Apostle Paul is saying that you know what these guys they 've encouraged me, but they've also encouraged you. You know there are people that are just like that they are just they are just stinking encouraging, and when they're around you, uh, they encourage you and they encourage others. i got several friends like that, and uh you know years ago there was a there was a beer commercial where a guy would he would be out in the desert and then he would sling open the this uh this beer truck you know would come by and they, and then he would it would show up and he'd open it up. And, man, the whole desert would get refreshed, you know. Of course, that was a terrible analogy because of the beer truck. But you get the point. It was a very good commercial uh, effect. But I always saw that, and I thought, man, that's how we ought to be with the Word of God. We ought to be so refreshing that in a land that's desert and dry, when we show up with our Bible truck and we open it up, man, the whole desert ought to light up, and people ought to be refreshed. And so I'm not, and I'm not suggesting you go find a beer cooler right now and get refreshed. But what I am saying is that the Word of God does that, and God does that through certain people. Every once in a while, God will send a brother by when you feel like you're in a desert. And they will come by, or, or maybe they'll hit you up in this situation on your phone uh, or hit you up. I had a guy call me yesterday just to encourage me. I've had people drop by and, uh, you know, encourage us with, with um, <coughs> food. and It's just the little touches, and we need to make sure we're encouraging one another in the Lord. And uh, God will always bring refreshment where you're at, even when you're in a desert. And so be looking for folks that are refreshing. You know, in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 13, the Bible says, As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him. <clears throat> for he refreshes the soul of his masters. I always find that an interesting, that's a really interesting passage, because the guy that's being sent is the re- is doing, the- he's He's refreshing. He's refreshing both to those who send him, and of course he's going to be uh, he's going to be uh, encouraging to those that are harvesting and so they're saying in a time of harvest, <clears throat> man uh, it's so important uh, to have a faithful messenger it's like a, it's like the cold of snow, so if you were in the middle of a harvest and you could imagine laboring and you're hot and you're you're weary and, and man all of a sudden there's this refreshing snow come in i mean it 's just refreshing cool breeze. You'd like it to air conditioning, like in our time, right? We could say uh, it's like the cold of an air conditioner on a hot summer day. It just kind of refreshes you. Well, that's what someone is like that is refreshing, someone that refreshes your spirit and others. And so who refreshes your soul like that? Who do you know? I'm looking out here, and I see, I don't even know, I haven't counted them, probably over, well, probably a couple hundred faces at least, yeah, because there's 240 chairs here. So over 200 souls right here that refresh me one of the reasons we put these images out here in the sanctuary is just so we're refreshed you know so i'm refreshed as i'm looking out i'm remembering what it is that i'm doing this for i'm doing it for christ obviously number one but it also i know there's a direct connection to all these wonderful souls out here that are members of our church and i know that they need to be refreshed so i want to refresh you and i pray that you i know you guys want to refresh me and i we want to re- refresh one another right and Man, if that's the kind of attitude the church body has, there won't be any epistles of Corinth being written to us, right? We'll have short little epistles like the book of Philippians, and we'll have uh, other nice little epistles applied to you. Think about that as a church. If God was going to apply an epistle to us, which one would it be? Man, God forbid it would be the epistle of 1 Corinthians, right? We don't want that applied to Heartland. I would prefer that God apply like the book of Philippians, and then we fit that model. That would be wonderful. Faithful to the Lord from the first day till now. Our fellowship in the gospel, right? Sweet. That would be incredible. <clears throat> the joy of sacrificial service. All those themes that run through the book of Philippians. And, and so, uh, would to God, that would be the kind of church that we are. And you know how we, you become a church like that is, well, we do that individually. We make a decision, right, to be daily refreshed in the word and so that we can refresh others. And we, and we can be intentional and we can pray about that. So when you think about who refreshes your soul like that, I hope it is your spouse, uh, maybe your discipler, maybe your ABF pastor. You know, I hope that there's people in your life. You know, one of the things at our church that we set up is adult Bible fellowships. And there's no other time like right now that has really highlighted how those things are supposed to be working. And I, am so, I was just telling the pastors and our pastor, I'm so thankful for how they are working. And it wasn't easy for our pastors, uh, for most of them, to just jump onto to the digital highway and get after it. And, uh, but you know what? Not one of them gave me any grief about it. And I said, guys, this is what I really want us to do because I know how important connectivity is. And uh, it's better than what I'm doing right here be even because now they're doing uh, you know, uh, team meetings and Zoom meetings and all kinds of stuff so you can see each other. And man, that's what's so incredible. What is that all about? Well, that's, that's about what we're talking about. It's, it's finding people not only that, that, that uh, you can refresh, but people that refresh you. And it's, it's kind of like a synergy uh, that kind of starts happening, and it encourages us. It's like Ephesians says, it builds, we edify, we build one another in love. And so maybe you don't have a, a good refreshment because you're not refreshing to others. Mm-hmm. I might have just stepped on someone's toes. You know, sometimes people get isolated. I literally, this has actually happened to me. I've been, there's been seasons at HBF where, I mean, it's like a love fest is going on. It's, a, it's, a, it's just people love God. They love one another. Things are going good. But inevitably, somebody will come up and they'll say, man, this is a cold church. Now, sometimes that's because our people get too enamored with one another and they don't reach out and maybe invite somebody in and make them feel warm, warm and welcome. So you do have to always be intentional about getting outside of your comfort zone and, and including others around you. That's so important even in a virtual context. Right now is a great time to bring people in digitally, but then you still need to maintain a relationship with them. You need to check back with them. You need to encourage them in the Lord outside of just saying, hey, glad you watched the service. you know. And so uh, when it takes all of us to do that because relationships are relationships. And so uh, that thing happens even on steroids when you're in the flesh. But even when all that is happening right, there's always still folks sometimes that just are like, Uh, they're just not happy they're not refreshed and they're not refreshing anyone else and that's because well that's because they have a problem with the lord ultimately that is where the problem resides and they may take it out on everybody else but at the end of the day it's really a hard issue and only god can help them with that so we need to pray for them as well we need to encourage them and just because someone isn't refreshing to you doesn't mean you should not try to be refreshing to them love them anyway encourage them anyway you know, Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. I think sometimes people don't have friends because, well, they don't know how to be a friend. You know, that kind of thing is often modeled for us and, and things like that. By nature, we're not good. We're, we're, you know, without Christ, we're selfish and we're self-centered. But with Christ, we need to learn to to, to, you know, be selfless and to put others ahead of ourselves, right? That's the distinctions between being in Christ and not in Christ. And so a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, even in the Old Testament. That's a principle from Proverbs. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, right? And, of course, we know that friend is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But it is interesting that even even God, even Jesus called, Jesus is God, Jesus called Judas friend, <laughs> And so as he was being betrayed, and Judas was with them at the Lord's Supper. And so Christians don't need to get all went out of shape when people, um, you know, we have lost people. There's always some goats among the sheep, right? There's always a snake running around in the grass. That's okay. We're not worried about it. We love God, and we love people. And we know that sometimes some of the reasons people aren't friends is they've not met Jesus. Uh, they need a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It doesn't matter if they're my friend if they don't know Jesus, right? God, Jesus is the best friend ever. And uh, he was friends with Moses, he was friends with Noah, uh, he was friends with Abraham, and he needs to be your friend too. Maybe you're watching this tonight and then you're not saved and you need a good friend. Maybe you don't know how to be a friend and you're in isolation and alone. Man, you need to learn to be a friend. And the best person to learn from is the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's a hint. If all you do, now if this is you, I can tell you you're going to have a hard time having friends. If all you do is moan and groan about how bad everything is, eventually people will get weary of it. They're just going to get tired. Just, after a while, it's like, oh, I can't. I mean, if that's all you do, man, it, it, God is not doing anything in your life greater than pointing out problems. Then, man, you have a sad relationship with God and, and it's going to be a sad relationship with others. And you're going to be a really sorry person to be around. I mean, it's just people just are not going to be encouraged. That's not refreshing. Part of the Christian life is like embracing Romans 8 and knowing that we're more than conquerors through Christ. Again, we don't sweep sin under the rug. It's not that we're afraid to deal with sin. We don't have our head in the sand. I love it when my daughter tells me, you know, she'll say something about, well, Dad, you don't understand the real world. (laughs) I just laugh. I told Amy that. I said, that's hilarious. But uh, anyway, I really understand the real world, but that's where I choose not to live, right? That's not the way I live anymore. I'm free. I don't have to do that, and you don't either. And you don't have to let the problems of this life weigh you down. It doesn't mean you ignore them. Actually, what you do is you engross yourself in God's will so that you can be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. Because whether you know it or not, when you're encompassed and, and, and overburdened with problem, and all we do is complain, 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 before you know it, you are the problem. And you need to be the solution. So, so remember, there is, not, there is not a problem that the gospel has not solved. So when Samuel was born, my son, uh, not the one in the Bible, uh, the adoption agency, <clears throat> uh, we got a call from the adoption a- agency and our, our heart jumped. Um, for several hours we had to wait uh, in indecision. Now this is after i had already had him in custody. We, were, we adopted Samuel, uh, praise God, Pastor Steve Miller and Lubbock uh, got us all connected and directed. And, and so Sam's birth mom delivered and We were at the hospital, but we took him home. But because of interstate commerce regulations, we weren't quite sure. Uh, Not only were we not quite sure, we got word that they rejected our home study here in Missouri. Texas accepted it, so it was good to go. You can take your child from Texas. But we couldn't take him to Missouri yet legally because, well, Missouri hadn't. They rejected our home study. So we were just like waiting. And at the time that we were waiting, uh, I was actually physically ill I I was fighting a a cold or something. I had a fever and I didn't feel well. I had all this pressure, man. I was freaking out. I was just like, oh Lord, man, what a mess. What are we going to do? Me and Amy are in Texas. Uh, This work needs to be done in Missouri. And about that time, uh, a young man who happened to be the youth pastor at that time came by and just dropped by our room. We were staying in in the, uh, uh, they call it the prophet's chambers in this church, a place where the pastors and missionaries stay. And. And so we were staying in there, and um, man, we were worried that Sam would have to be in long-term foster care, and then we were going to have to travel to Missouri, and our baby child was going to be in some foster home, and you know, just like you, you have, if you have children, uh, you don't want to leave your newborn baby uh, in a foster home, right? And so we were just like, no way, that can't happen, and so we were praying, and and this young man comes by our room, and... uh, and he, just, he was a youth pastor at that church, and uh, his name is actually Steve Messer. And he just comes, and he shows up, and, he, and they had just got a new dog, and Amy and I were talking. Next thing you know, we're laughing, we're cutting up, and we're having a good time. And he just took our mind off of things just for a little bit. And it was like, it was, it was like cold water on a hot day, right? It was like refreshment. And we just had a little refreshing. And you know what was so cool about that? As soon as he left at 3.50 uh, p.m., I got a call from the state of Missouri. And they contacted me saying, hey, you can hire a private social worker. And man, I went to work after that. And bada bing, bada boom, we got everything taken care of. And and, uh, within a few days, uh, we were heading back home to Missouri. So praise God for that. That was many years ago. But you know what? I still remember it. Why? Because it was such an intense time. And someone just took the time, someone I really didn't even know, just to invest in us for a minute. Just to, yep, they didn't just, we had problems, but we didn't talk about them. We looked at the dog. We got our minds off of it. We, we focused on other things. And the next thing you know, the Lord said, hey, Brian, hey, Amy, I answered your prayer. Here's what you need to do. You know, many years ago, during a time of intense spiritual warfare, I was I was very busy in the ministry. while it seemed like, it really seemed like the world was falling apart all around me. Some of the things, the structure, kind of like today, a lot of people, I was watching a, uh, an article, or no, I was reading an article yesterday, and, and it was talking about anxiety that people are dealing with. <clears throat> Because I guess the structure of their life is falling apart, and uh, and I and I understand that, um, but you know what, I, I I will tell you that God is our structure. I mean, really, uh, we rest in Him. But I get it when people don't know Christ that they get kind of freaked out. Okay, there was a time in my life in spiritual warfare, and, and you know one of the saddest things that happens in churches is sometimes there's uh, there's schisms and there's the wars that go on and it's ugly and and I was in a time like that. But you know what? God sent several key men right on time, just to refresh my soul. I just did a men's conference about oh I don't know a couple months ago down at First Bible Baptist of Blue Springs and uh, ADP Ministry down there, and it was so cool because uh, a lot of the men that was in, that were encouraged me many many years ago just happened to be at this conference. One of the men I have in mind right now I won't get into the names, but comes up and encourages me. You know what he told me? He says, "Man, Brian." Your message really encouraged me. And I thought, how cool that is that this man at a key time in my life was encouraged. And then that night I just preached a message about putting your child on the altar. And he says, Brian, tomorrow I'm going to go to my, I won't be at this, at the men's conference because I'm going to be, I'm going to go put my daughter on the altar. She's going out with a church plant team and and she's leaving the metro. I'm going to go move out with Mike Renault. I thought, wow, how God reciprocates that refreshment, doesn't he? I hope you're encouraged in the Lord. I hope you know people and encourage God knows how just to bring the word of God and the people of God along just at the right time. Yesterday, I'm driving home. Uh, Amy and I went out to run some errands and get some stuff at Sam's Club. Of course, they're out of toilet paper. And uh, and so but you know what? Something better than toilet paper. Gwynne Arnie calls me, and says, hey, we have a gift for you. Uh, that was actually Friday. I, I'm sorry. I said yesterday. And then Saturday, somebody else says, hey, and they came by and they gave us a little something. Now, I'm not asking people to do that. My point is is that when you know people care, and I just want you guys to know we care about you, uh, it just encourages you when you know people care. And uh, I pray that you have people in your life that you know care. If you don't, I'm looking at about 200 faces here that represent real people in our church that really do care. And, and they care about you. You need a church home. You know, right now we're doing church virtually. It's kind of like 2D church. But what we all want is three D church. Right? We want to be able to wrap our arms around each other like we used to do, and uh, and we're accustomed to, and really have a three D relationship. And you know what? Virtual church is good in a jam, but it's not what we need. We really need a three D relationship with people. So today, you will notice um, that you know I, I'll travel from different churches and I'll meet with different pastors and different congregations. And one of the reasons I do that is because I know the importance of those pastors and those churches uh, being refreshing to me and me being refreshing to them and us being refreshing together. The advent of the, uh, I was doing that before the advent of the Living Faith Fellowship, but the, we have relationships there in the Living Faith Fellowship that are just absolutely encouraging. Many of you listen to the various podcasts and the different things that are going on or you, you dial in, my wife says, yeah, Brian, I watched you this morning and then I dropped in on Midtown and I watched uh, Mike Blake, I think she said, or somebody up at Monmouth and you know, she's just, she's just, Looking around, what is that? Well, because we have these refreshing relationships. These relationships didn't start online. They're just online because that's where we are today. And so, you know, today we were supposed to be holding our missions conference. Tonight would have been a great banquet. This would have been a banquet hall tonight. We'd have been hearing a testimony. We'd have been encouraged by some incredible men and wives this week. We'd have had such a great time. And I'm supposed to actually, I was supposed to travel to India on the 17th and spent a few weeks there visiting some friends there and encouraging them. And so, man, I tell you, we can't do all that. But I'm praying that we'll still be refreshed as a church. I'm praying that in a unique way, in a different way, God will use this time of refreshing, right? So we don't have James Fife in and we don't have uh, Lee Carter in and we don't have Eddie Ziss in, which he threw a shout out Wednesday night, by the way. Uh, And we don't have um, all the different uh, guest speakers in. I just missed one. Uh, We don't have... Brian Calloway in and we don't have Jeff Barker in but you know what we have Jesus in and we have each other and those guys can join us virtually and we can do that next time we can do it next year but the reality is you know the the theme of our conference was here am I send me that was the theme and we can still do that we can say God would you use me take me and send me send me out to be an encouragement to somebody I want to have a I want to have an open life that has evidence um that You know what, that I'm in relationship with God and I'm refreshing. I want to be, a, here's the evidence, that I'm a sincere saint, that I'm not a phony baloney, that I really do love God and I love people. I'm accomplishing the great com- commandment, right? Not just doing the great commission out of some duty, but the great commandment. <clears throat> and when we do that, you know what, what comes with that is that great invitation. That inv- invitation. The spirit and the bride say, come, right? right we're going to have a virtual Easter service. You know what we all need to be doing? Uh, we all two hundred of us just need to be saying, "Come, come, not just come to watch something, but come to to know someone that someone is Christ, and Paul also goes on and he tells us to acknowledge those who refresh us it 's important to ex- accentuate the positive isn 't it to say thank you, send a card uh, you know uh, i 've learned that from other pastors, pastors like Mike Blake, he sends cards a lot. And, and uh, to shoot off an email or to give someone a call, send them a text, it doesn't have to be sophisticated, but just let people know that we care. Have you acknowledged the refreshing saints in your own church? man I tell you, I'm looking at the uh, the sound booth in the back. Uh, our whole church right now is dependent on the sound booth as a body of Christ man we need to you guys need to lavish the, the AV team with love. Because they're holding up the body right now in so many ways. They're, they're helping us with AV. They're helping us with technology. They're keeping our discipleship, advanced discipleship going online. Man, praise God for that. And so we need to encourage one another. And so make sure we are acknowledging the refreshing saints in the church. Have you acknowledged your, your ABF uh, pastor, have you acknowledged the people that you have worked with in ministry? I heard today just a little bit of good gossip. I, I got a text that's like, "Jamie killed it today." Jamie Davis taught the kids, and man, when you, I tell you that that uh, Kingdom Seekers Facebook page is absolutely encouraging. I don't care if you have kids or not. If you want some refreshment, go watch that thing. It's just cool to see people interacting and feeding the lambs. There's just something well refreshing about that, and sincere and true when you're dealing with the children like that. I just, I just love that. And, and then lastly, in verse 19, it says, the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. You know, it's, rem- it's important to, re- to remember that you're loved. You need to remember that you're loved uh, because, you know, sometimes you feel like you're not loved. You know, Paul said, uh, the more I love, the less I'm loved, right? The more I love you, the less I'm loved. About, talking about the Corinthians, they were a selfish lot. They were a self-centered, uh, you know, well-educated and affluent lot of people, a lot like Americans. They would take, 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 but they didn't give much. But you know what? Paul liked to surround himself with people, but, and he also didn't hold that against them. At the end of this epistle, he gives them an example. These are examples of the believers in word and deed. Their lives reflected. And so I just, wanna, I just want you to know, Church of Corinth, that you're loved. It's good to know that we're loved, isn't it? You likely don't know the amount of people who have you in their prayers. And I I pray that this church is a praying church. That's why we get together on Sunday night. It's really the business that we're into is praying. One of the best ways you can love people in addition to telling uh, them that you love them is to tell God you love them and you pray. You pray for Pastor Randy, right? Tuesday he's going to have some some, uh, different medication. Well, pray for Pastor Randy. You pr- you pray for Gwen Arnie's uncle who's in the hospital. You pray for the, the the Barnes family as they're getting ready to have a baby. And with each and every one of those things I just mentioned, for the church family, there's details, right, that many of you know about. And we need to be in prayer about the details. And then there's other details that I don't even know about, but you all know about. We need to be in prayer for one another. And then every once in a while, we certainly need to say it to people too. Hey, I love you. I'm encouraged and you and and you encourage me, and I'm praying for you and mean it and do it. There are saints you you've only seen a few times, and, and you, you want to know how things are going at HBF because you've you've been a source of refreshment. It's amazing how refreshing people are so contagious. You don't have to be around them very long, and you want more. And I pray that's how you are. I pray that your countenance reveals that. I pray your your communication reveals that. And I pray that our prayer life reveals that. And not just you, I'm talking about myself as well. Don't let people rob you of that. It's so encouraging. You know, one of the best things you can see about this epistle is all the negative things that are in it. When you get to the bookends, the beginning and the end, Paul just lavishes the church in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. You would not know what kind of church they were because he saw them through the eyes of Christ. He saw them for what they could be, not what they were. And then when he ends the epistle, he doesn't end it on a sour note. It's like disciplining your kids. You may have to have a season where you spank your children, but don't leave them there. right? Once they're contrite, once they're, they're taught, right? once you've taught them, well, then bring them back and encourage them and let them know, hey, I love you. I, I love you. And that's why I had to discipline you. Your, your kids are not defined by the trouble they get into. They're defined because of the relationship that you have with them. They don't have to prove their... Uh, You know, my son plays guitar. He doesn't have to play guitar for me to love him. I'd love him if he doesn't play guitar. I love my kids because I love them. And God loves us because he loves us. Sometimes if you come from a dysfunctional family and dysfunctional relationships, you always feel like you have to earn people's love. But when you come into the family of God, you just need to know you're loved. And when you experience that, it is so refreshing. It's refreshing to know that missionaries are praying for you when you're praying for them. That's so convicting. Sometimes I get I get I get letters from around the world, guys that are praying for us, and I'm like, man, we need to be praying for you. And it's refreshing as we're arguing with God over praying for one another. That's encouraging. It's refreshing to know that folks are investing um, in us and things that were going on 30 years ago are still they're still praying for us. It's just amazing. Uh, it's refreshing to know that you know this church was sent out <clears throat> on prayer. People that my home team was praying. People in Ellis Baptist Church were praying and. And there was a time when this church was just a little seedling. Like, we pray for new life down in Clinton. And when you're a New Life Baptist Church or you're Shiloh Bible Fellowship, and you know Heartland Baptist Fellowship is praying for you, and we're not just saying that we're praying, but we really are praying. Man, I tell you what, it, it is encouraging to David Pierce. It's encouraging to Brad McGuire. It just, and it's encouraging not just to them, it's encouraging to the church. When, when, when uh, Ganesh uh, or Pastor Rajan or, or Pradeep Lima or some of those people Uh, dial us up and say we're praying for you i can't tell you how encouraging that is for me and for you all it should be encouraging as well it's refreshing to know that god is intensely interested in our growth and encouragement we should be intensely interested in the growth of others and we can do that even tonight by praying for people you don't even you do need to contact people but right now i was just telling the pastors i can't contact everybody so you know what i'm doing i'm praying like god who do you want me to contact and I'll call up whoever God tells me. I'm, fo- I'm primarily focusing on the non-members uh, or the, the, the non-ABF uh, folks myself. But, um, but all of us need to be actively in this body looking out for folks that, asking God, who do you want me to encourage God? Who can I be an encouragement to? And maybe shoot them a text or give them a call or message them or whatever you do. Do that and encourage them. I know you guys do that. It's refreshing to know that, not, that, that even if no one is in your corner, Hebrews 12.1 12, 12, says that we have a great cloud of witnesses. Sometimes if you're in ministry, and beloved, I know how it feels. This is kind of like a rest for many. If you've been busy in the ministry, uh, you got, hey, you got an excuse to stay home. <laughs> you can watch your church on your, in your, in your, uh, in your uh, pajamas. I was going to say underwear. Don't do that, please. But you know what the reality is? The truth is, as uh, in anything that's worth, you know, contested, You can get alone. Maybe you're a pastor and you're watching me tonight, and the truth is, in ministry, you feel all alone. Maybe you're busy in a church and you got a lot of responsibility, and now you've kind of gotten to that leadership level. And once you become a leader, man, it's different. And you can't be buddies like you used to be, and now you feel all alone. Man, I tell you, I I understand that, but I want you to be encouraged in Hebrews 12.1. The Bible tells us that there's a great cloud of witnesses. And there are people that have gone before. So even when you feel alone, there are people that have literally bled out and died <clears throat> for God and for the Word of God. And they are actually interested in what you're doing. Even here in the Midwest, even here in a little church in a field. They're interested in what you're doing. And so you always have a, a crown of you always have a crowd of witnesses, a a great cloud, the Bible says in Hebrews twelve, one. They're interested. And when I think back, I'm teaching church history right now, and I look at the lives of these that have been so faithful. I'm so encouraged to know someday I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to meet the apostle Paul. And I'm going to have I'm going to rap with him about how faithful I was with what God had given him, which cuz really God didn't just give that to Paul. God gave that to us. It's our information. It's our operating orders. It's our marching orders. So are you surrounded by sincere saints? I'll tell you what. I think you are. This service is a primarily geared toward the membership of HBF and Man, I, HBF, I just want you to know, you're you just absolutely incredible. And, and uh, even if you don't feel like it, you are surrounded and you're thought about and your name is plastered on a chair and, 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 and we, have, we're, we, we love you and we can't wait to get back together with you whenever God allows that to happen. And I pray tonight that you're encouraged and I pray that you're not just encouraged in spirit, but you're encouraged in the word of God. And also what we're here to do tonight is pray. So I pray that you're encouraged in prayer. So with that, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to wrap up this session here, and I'm going to actually go to, to doing what I'm talking about and talking to the Lord about y'all and some of the needs of the church in prayer even now. So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time just to meet together and get into your word. Thank you for allowing us to look at, at the sincerity of the